Hello, I'm John Hausladen, president of the Minnesota Trucking Association. Welcome back to our podcast, Trucking Success and Safety. In this episode, we hear from Mike Caffarelli, president of the DART Network, on how companies of any size can create a vision for employee growth and sustainability. Mike's approach will help you develop a holistic strategy that considers many different aspects of the business, including strategy, technology, culture, employee needs, and finances. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, so we're going to cover nine steps or ideas for employee growth and retention. Uh, First one is kind of where to start. Second one is determine skills employees need for success. Uh, Create a career path. Develop training and kind of a skills improvement program. Two-way relationship, and want to spend some time on that. Really, it's about culture, those kind of things. Uh, Work culture, work-life balance, compensation and benefits, then monitor and measure. Um, So we're going to kind of go through those those nine things. So kind of where to start. So if you don't have uh, kind of an employee training or career path program, where to start? And I think everybody has defined their core values and you have a mission statement, right? So everybody should have that. What are your core values? What's the mission statement for your company? What, what, who are you? What, what do you want to be? That's the best place to start. It, it, it's the starting point. This is really the foundation for when you're hiring people that you should use that vision and that mission statement to kind of help create a growth plan for those employees. Understanding what your company's values and mission will be is the cornerstone, really, of of any program that you put in place. It's super important. So I think everybody gets that. What are the skills needed for success in your organization? This is something that um, uh, at at Swift they do very, very well, is determine what skills a certain position they need to possess to do well at that at that job. So planning, customer service, safety, operations, uh, fleet manager. Uh, they, they did a really, really good job of being able to determine where an employee should go, what, what's the best job for them, and they're going to have the most success. Um, it's super important because if you don't know the skills needed for success in those roles, then how will you be able to create your vision for employee growth and retention? So this, we're, we're carriers of all sizes. So you may have five trucks of a couple of employees. You may have 500. Um, the key here is, is you can build a program by understanding the skills you need for that employee and, and continue to give them more and more responsibility. Um, identify three or four. It doesn't take a lot. Um, start to build that framework for the type of employee that you want to retain also. Maybe you you got some boneheads that you don't want to keep. So who do you want to hire? What do they look like? What's what, what kind of skill set do they need coming in the door? What's your training program look like? Then the the best way to do this is really conduct a skills assessment. And again, this is where Swift was really really good. Um, we had a very comprehensive uh, assessment. Um, you every time you were going to be promoted, you would have to take an assessment those kind of things. Um, communication skills was a big one, obviously. Um, in today's world, you know, if you guys are like like me, we have a lot of employees that 
uh, are very good with texting and email, but have a hard time picking up the phone uh, and, and having calls. So communication skills, verbal skills, computer skills, everybody needs them, leadership skills, very important um, things that we need, you should have in your, in your gun to help develop those employees. Um, and when you're talking about leadership skills, for me, it starts with being able to delegate um, projects. Um, and, and I'm going to give a great example. Um, we have, a, we have a, a, a logistics company, a brokerage company, and we have a Russell, he's here, and he, uh, he's our new vice president. We, we promoted him to that, and he, he, he earned the job. But we kept, we've given him more and more, and, and more and more responsibility there, and he, he's essentially just taking complete ownership of the brokerage. He's rolled out a new TMS. He's built a carrier platform. It's been unreal to just kind of let him go and just, just, just turn this thing into what he wants it to turn into. It's been fantastic to see. And that's what I'm talking about in helping these guys be able to just give them the leadership, give them the rope, the ability. I mean, we talk. He comes, bounces a question off me. We talk through things. We have that communication. But it's awesome that he knows he's got that that freedom to go and make this thing happen. So creating a career path, and this is something that we haven't done very well at, at DART, um, and it's, it's difficult. Uh, it's, it's hard to create a career path for people coming in the door sometimes because you may have limited positions. Um, when you're developing that framework, and especially if you're a small company, um, the, the framework needs to help the employee kind of move into areas of their strength for one. Um, then you outline a career path for them. And this is really where you kind of give them a sense of purpose, direction, motivation, kind of where, where are you going to be at in the next, you know, two to three years? You give them a two-year plan, a five-year plan. What does that look like? Um, is there opportunity as you grow for them to grow? Where do they want to go with the company? What does their career look like? What, what are their wants? What do they want to do? How do you incorporate that into what you're trying to do at your company to be successful? All right, develop skill and training programs. Again, we haven't, and you know, I'm throwing myself under the bus here, but we haven't done a great job here either. Um, we have our own TMS system. It is a tough TM, TMS system to learn, to come in off the street because there's 500 ways to dispatch a truck, and everybody that we have trained somebody does it a different way. And we've been trying to get our arms around it and try to figure out how do we put together the training program, but it's, it's very, very tough. So the one thing that I've tried to develop is a culture of learning and skill development on their own. Um, we, we invest in the MTA leadership program. We're, we're, we've got two people in it this year. We're going to have two people in it next year. We have had other people go and do like a Microsoft Office suite class. Uh, we've had some accountants do some CPA work and those kind of things outside to help them build the skills. So you want to create that culture of, hey, learning and skill development are key at our company. And, and that's really about creating a culture. Um, there's a lot of resources out there to help employees that do not cost a lot of money. You just got to, you got to look. 
There's a lot of grants out there. There's a lot of opportunities that you can get extra money from the state. If you have multiple terminals, you can look at those states. Um, you, you can be involved in certain training programs at community colleges where you can get skill building at those, from those community colleges. There's a lot of places that you can go to help your employees be able to develop new skills that don't cost you a lot of money. You just gotta, you just gotta go out and look. Um, th- these are just a couple of them. So these are just ones we've, we've rolled out, uh, at, at Dart. We, like I said, Microsoft. Organizational development training with our HR team. We've got some tuition reimbursement programs that we're working through. So a lot of, lot of different things out there that will help you develop your employees and kind of create value at your place of work for those employees. I mean, with unemployment where it's at, it, it's probably the most important thing to make employees feel their value. And one thing I always try to tell my direct reports is everybody at our company is valuable. It, it doesn't matter what role they're in. Everybody has a value in our success. And it's important that you start creating that culture if you haven't, because everybody, especially when you're at 2% unemployment, and sure, it's gotten a little easier to get people in the door in the last six months or so, but still trying to find quality qualified applicants has still been a pretty big challenge for us. And I don't know if it's been that way for you guys. Develop relationships. Um, so develop an employee-employer relationship. And, and what I mean by that is it's really got to be two-way. Um, a lot of times, you know, especially if, you're, if you started your company, you're an entrepreneur, um, you, you're a, probably an A-type personality, and you want things done your way, and this is how we're going to do it, and this is what we're doing, give, give a little freedom to that employee to be able to share their thoughts back to you, a two-way relationship, and, and, and make them feel valuable. Uh, make, make them feel valuable. Do regular one-on-one meetings. Um, this is something that I did for the first year at, uh, at DART. I met with my direct reports every two weeks. Um, it, it took a lot of time. I mean, it, you got a half hour. I got multiple direct reports. It takes a lot of time, but it's well worth the effort because I got to know them on a personal level. They now feel more comfortable coming to me when there's issues. And then when there are issues, it's a lot easier to work through them. And it's, it's been, it's been really good. Now I've moved those to monthly with, with my direct reports. You don't need to do them as regular. But I would say if you're not doing a regular one-on-one where you're talking about the things they're working on, what are the most top three things they feel are the most important things that they do every single day that they're working on? You know, what, what are some things that they want to do? What are some of their goals? How's their family life? What's their personal life like? What's their work-life balance like? How can you help is always the last question. As I always ask, what can I do for you? And it's super, super important. Um, engage outside of work. I, I like to have dinner with my teams. Um, we'll take them to dinner. We like to try to do different things outside of work just to try to help build those social relationships. Um, you don't have to spend a lot of money again on this stuff. Uh, it's pretty simple stuff, and, and, and or you can spend a, a gazillion amount of dollars doing it. I mean, there's, there's tons of things out there to do. But engage outside of work. 
Um, take the time to do that. And then be an, a mentor. And this is probably the biggest thing is ask your employee to be a mentor also. If you've got a really strong leader and somebody that you want to keep, ask them to mentor one of your other employees. Ask them to take the time to mentor them, coach them, help them out. It goes a long, long way in helping that employee, one, the employee that's being mentored, but also the employee that you've asked to be the mentor. It, it really creates a lot of value for them. All right. Uh, create the best possible work environment. Um, you know, there's a lot of stress in trucking, especially right now. I mean, you get, we're talking about cannabis, and I said to Sam back here, I was like, man, with the economy the last six months, I've been thinking about taking it up. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, I don't want to make light of it, but I mean, I, it, it, there's a lot of stress right now. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stress. The, the economy's not great. Freight is up and down. Drivers, I mean, we, everything we're dealing with with drivers, uh, I mean, we got, we got tons of things we're dealing with. So try to, try to create the, the best work environment. And honestly, for me, culture is king here. And it, it's not more, it's not necessarily about having, you know, pizza parties and, you know, celebrating birthdays and those kind of things. It's more about an energy. Uh, coming in with an energy, a positive energy, it's easy to be negative. I mean, it's super easy to be negative. But it's, Challenge yourself to create that culture of positivity. And if you're doing the, the things before, you're having one-on-ones and you're developing those relationships, the culture will start to change and it, it, is, it is really, really king. Um, what's the energy like? Just talked about that. This is a big one for me also. <clears throat> I, um, one thing that wasn't on there is I, I coached girls basketball for 10 years. Loved every second of it. I, I coached guys football for 10 years. I hated every minute of it. Um, guys are, they, they don't listen to you. So, um, and, and I played college football. I, I loved it. Um, but the thing that I learned coaching girls basketball is when you can create an us over me culture, what you can accomplish together is, is unbelievable. And it's the same thing at work. When you can create an us over me and everybody starts looking and trying to go for the same goals has the same vision, what you're trying to accomplish, the things that you can do, and especially in, right now in challenging times, will, will blow your mind away. It really will. Create an us-over-me culture. All right, work-life balance. How many of you guys have people working from home or allow people to work from home? Okay, we, we do. I don't like it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but do you think that's here to stay? It is. I mean, it is here. It's here to stay. It's like it's like we we let uh, a mom and dad who had four kids start working from the house, and we just basically gave them a twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollar pay raise because now they don't have daycare. And so it's like it's tough to pull that back. You know, it's hard to pull that back. So creating a work life balance, especially for the employees that are in the office all the time, are, are very is very hard. And so I always ask, what, what the heck is a work-life balance? If you're like me, I work seven days a week. I, don't, I can't get away from my dang phone. I, I get up on Saturday morning at 5 a.m. I'm down doing email, running some reports, looking at things. Sunday, same thing. I mean, it's, it's a seven-day-a-week thing. Um, but the workforce has changed, right? The workforce has changed. The people 
that we're hiring now, the younger people, they, they want to have a work-life balance. They want to be able to get away from work. And, and sometimes in trucking, it's tough. And so it's tough teaching, hey, we have a job to do, and you can't leave until that job is done. And it, it's, it's tough because these, we got a lot of employees that, that, that love, love their work-life balance. Uh, work has changed, like you just talked about. A lot of work from home, uh, hybrid, in office, all that jazz. Personal time off. Um, we have a lot of tenure people at DART, and it amazes me. Uh, this was the first year, I think, that we allowed people to carry over vacation days, um, or they, they used to let it, they used to have them to make them cash out. We let them carry over. So we have something like 300 or 200 office employees um, without the shops. So we had like 200 office employees. And we only had 18 employees carry personal time over. So that's how many, that's how much time off, how important it is. Here's the one thing I'll say with this, is I, when my leaders take off, I don't bug them unless it is a 911. I tell them to unplug, this is you. Now, they always say that to me. I just got back from vacation. I was living on the phone and talking on the phone and stuff. But I try to explain to them, my role is totally different than what you're in. So I try to unplug, let them unplug, try not to bug them unless it's a 911. And then if it's a 911, then I'll give them a call. <clears throat> Flexible work schedules. We've uh, This is something we've been kind of working with in a couple of roles, especially in accounting and billing and working uh, with some flexible work schedules for some of our employees. It's gone actually pretty well. It really has. So we'll probably continue it. Um, that's another way to kind of help create that work-life balance. Fair and equitable compensation and benefits. You know, it's, I don't know. This is a tough one for me because we've lost employees to other carriers that simply just pay more. Um, or they go and find another job that is the work-life balance and they're making the same money. Um, so the, the problem with it is when you're talking about fair and equitable compensation, the market is what drives it. It's very hard for us as employers to set that compensation amount, especially in, a, in an environment where there's 2% unemployment. The employee has the benefit of being able to shop around and get the best job that they feel is going to fit for them. So the market will always drive compensation. Um, we've got record unemployment, talked about that, competition for employees. This is a biggie right now, inflation, right? I mean, have you seen the freaking price of eggs? I, I gave them up. Um, it's, inflation is a, is a real thing. It's a real cost uh, to, to our employees. And it's one of those things where we've been really trying to talk about what are some things that we can do without giving the farm away to be able to help employees out. Well, part of it was, hey, work from home two days a week, save on gas. I mean, some things like that. Those are some things that we, we, we've been trying to do. Monitor and measure. When you're talking about creating a culture, you know, these are all soft things. There's, they're hard to measure. And the, the one thing I'll say to you is you have to figure out a way to monitor and measure your employees and how they feel. Are uh, they feel valued? Um, and, and are you retaining the, the employees that you want? 
And we do that through surveys. Uh, we do some surveys and those kind of things. We, we, um, we do our re- annual reviews. Um, we do a six-month review for new employees. We do a lot of different things. But if you're not monitoring and measuring, I would tell you, hey, go back and figure out how you can do it. What are some things you can employ right now to easily kind of figure out how your employees feel about what they do, how, how they feel about the culture, do they got a good work-life balance? Do they feel fairly compensated? All the things we covered. And the, the thing that you'll find is what it will reveal to you is, are you retaining the employees you want to keep? Are you promoting from within? Are you identifying your future leaders? Um, those are all things that, by monitoring, measuring, will kind of start revealing themselves to you. You're going to start finding out who your leaders are. You're going to start finding out... And are we keeping the right employees? Or are we losing employees that we should be keeping? And why? And we need to figure out how to get that solved. And then do you have enough bench strength to be able to promote within? And those are all things, if you can monitor and measure this, you're going to find and be very successful. All right, thanks, everybody. That concludes this episode of Trucking, Success, and Safety. Thanks for listening. And make sure to subscribe to Trucking, Success, and Safety. We can be found on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Or you can listen to episodes directly through our website at mntruck.org forward slash podcast. That's mntruck.org forward slash podcast.